Linda Phils here. Welcome to my show, where I will be sharing with you the strangest secrets to spiritual and professional success and productivity. Now, here's why you want to listen. I'm a preacher's daughter who went from wearing hand-me-downs to giving people a hand up in life and in business. As a woman, a wife, a mom, and a glass ceiling smasher, business owner, dream resurrector, and coffee aficionado, I love working with men and women like you, from the boardroom to the classroom. I've met with adversity, met with success, and overcome a few obstacles along the way. I've learned the strangest secrets of how to succeed as one who is a spiritual professional, empowering anyone who wants to fulfill their calling in life. I'm here each week to share the strangest secrets to success with you. So let's get started. I want to express um, appreciation also to your pastor, Jim Stern, and Jessica, your leaders. I've been so impressed with your whole leadership team. And I'm thankful for people leading the way in the earth to go after God, develop a culture of prayer, and empower God's people to go out and do the things that God's purpose for them to do. And that is what this is really all about. No matter how much teaching we have about the seven spheres, if we don't have individual men and women alive with purpose, ready to be walked out, we're not gonna take a mountain. We're not even gonna take our own block, our own company, maybe not even our own cubicle, our own home. Uh, let me just ask, would you do me a favor and I'm gonna ask you to stand up if you work. Now this means you may work at Starbucks, you may work in your home office, you may work as a homeschooling mom, you may work in a shop, you may own a business. If you work, stand up. I wanna see who I'm talking to. Somewhere you work, somehow, some way. Uh-huh, okay. Say, I am the church <laughs> in the marketplace and I have a holy assignment. Yes, you do. All right, so please be seated and let's get into this today. I'm uh, pumped about it and ready to go. And what I'm gonna ask for you, from you, is to stay with me. Uh, this is not like a little entertaining spectator thing or a little Sunday feel-good message. So if that's what you came looking for, you can slip out if you want to, but uh, we're gonna actually do something I call, we're gonna talk turkey. We're gonna actually get, get into your business about your purpose and what God has for you to do and how you can literally advance that and move that forward. Purpose is active. Purpose is actually something that requires a holy pursuit. And that's what we're gonna stir up in you today by God's grace, by God's spirit is the understanding and the embracing of the fact that your purpose is not just gonna fall in your lap. I don't know anybody who just woke up one day and said, ha, I stepped into my purpose and look at all that's accomplished. It's hard work. You have to know that on the front end, but it requires a pursuit. It's a holy invitation. And it's something I just dare you not to pass by. Let's look at how Mary did it. Luke 145 tells us that Mary had been invited to give birth to Jesus Christ as a virgin. What? That's what she said. She asked the angel, what? How can this be? What, what's going on here? She did ask God the question, you get to do that too. God, you want me to do what? <laughs> how? And he'll tell you. 
He'll give you just enough normally to get to the next step. And when you take that step, guess what? He tells you a little more so that you can step into the next step. Too many of God's people, though, are not in momentum. They're just sitting there waiting for the whole plan. We like the whole plan. God doesn't usually deal in whole plans. He's got an installment program. He's got a way to give you enough information to take the very next step. Now, look what Mary said in Luke 145. This tells us that Mary was blessed because she believed there would be a fulfillment of what the Lord spoke to her. Right now, the very first thing you can do is just put your hand on your heart. Let's do that. Put your hand on your heart. Lord Jesus, stir up our belief in our hearts that we are made for the things you've invited us to, that we will step into them and we will see them come forth. Some of you have a dream for a business. Some of you have a dream to write a book. Some of you have a dream to sing a song, write a song. Some of you have a dream to make a movie. Some of you have a dream to reach your neighborhood for Christ. Some of you have an awesome dream to make a million dollars and do really incredible things with it. And God's dropped something in here. And guess what? It's your holy invitation to step into it with everything you've got. You like that? I think that's what this is all about. So I'm telling you that your purpose and stepping into it is a holy pursuit. And it is worth every ounce of energy, every ounce of um, whatever you got, energy, concentration, focus. And when you step out and you take that first step, I'm telling you, God will meet you with the next step. Now, why aren't most of us already doing this? Let's just be honest. There are times where all the messages we get from our circumstances say, I've been overlooked. I've been betrayed. I've been done wrong. I've been passed over for promotion. Nobody sees me. I'm in a place where I don't see much of my purpose coming forth. You know anybody talks like that? Get away from them. <laughs> Pray for them and <laughs> get away from them. And don't be that voice. We all, we all do it sometimes. And I'm telling you, when you find yourself talking like that, God's saying, come here, son. Come here, daughter. I got a plan for you. And you ain't seen nothing yet. And so um, why do we do that? Because we get hurt. We get burned in life. I'm gonna take you into a story, a true story, of when I got burned in a very bad way. I found myself in the ER my lips crusted over, my breath hard to fight for, all of the skin burned off of my legs, in shock, fighting for my life in an ER room. There'd been a fire and I'd been in it. My dad had come in to light a hot water heater. There was a very dangerous gas leak nobody knew about. When dad struck that match, the whole room went up in a big explosion. I was wearing nylon hose at the time, 14 years old, getting ready for school, new school, mini skirt laid out on the bed, getting ready for a big day, big debut, land in the ER. All that night, I feel myself rising up off the bed, like I'm floating up off the bed, literally. And I would startle awake and I would think, I've got to work to stay on this bed. I don't know what's going on. And... Uh, later to find out that is the night my life hung in the balance. 
Our church had prayer chains going all night long, spared my life, blessed my dad and brother who were in hospital with other burns, my mom who was in an emotional trauma. Everything looked like it had fallen apart. Now, I could have walked away from that eventually after I had to learn to walk again and decided, you know, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You ever thought that? How did I end up under such a terrible boss? I must be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe you say, how did I end up in all of this uh, conflict at work? Why is it so hard? How did I end up in this family? (laughs) How did I end up in this office? How did I end up in this school? I don't name any names right now, but I know you're thinking with me. So it's like, wow, how did I get here? My goodness, this is not anywhere like where I wanted to be by this time in my life. You know what? Life has a a little way of sneaking up on you that's a way of of, uh, blessing in disguise. You know, I found some blessings out of my burns over the years that I would have missed out on had I not been in this tragic accident. So just wrestle without it just a second, like God, this hard thing for me, this betrayal, this delay, this being overlooked, just the sheer disappointment, this pain in my heart. It's not where I wanted to be right now. I wanna tell you, God's got you right where you need to be for the next step. And once you begin believing that like Mary did, once you begin believing there'll be a fulfillment of what God's put in your heart and you take that step, you're gonna get revelation for the next step. Once you take that step, you're beginning to develop momentum and there's a lot God can do with any of us in any situation and particularly when we get into momentum with God. When we understand that our purpose is a holy pursuit this divine setup, God's got us here to search out, that it's a blessing in disguise, and that it's something we have to literally step into, like we have to literally take a step into it. And I want you to keep thinking about that because that's something we're gonna talk about spiritually, figuratively, prophetically. We're going to have some prophetic ministry at the end about this. And it requires your cooperation. It's time for you to say, well, God, what is that thing you dropped in my heart? I wanna think about it again. I'm willing, I'm willing to pull it off the shelf. I'm willing to dust it off. I'm willing to dream again. I'm willing to put out my foot again. Takes courage, takes courage. There's no better place to be than that place where you have to depend on God with all your heart. I found myself in that spot in the hospital I had no skin on my legs, third degree burns take away all three layers of skin. So I'm talking one big, two big raw open wounds from here down. If you have a weak stomach, I'm sorry. But you know, God told me if I didn't tell you the real pain that I came from, you couldn't appreciate the place where he's brought me. You have your own pain, you need to look at it full in the face and say, this was ugly, this was hurtful, this is what happened. And then you need to say, but God. But God was present in the periphery. There's a redemptive value for you that is exponentially going to increase your momentum if you will do the but God part and let the Lord show you his redemptive purpose 
There's a redemptive purpose that has equipped you because of what you've been through that's gonna propel you forward like crazy. You like that? Don't you like getting some good out of that thing? So what happened, I'm in the hospital there, and first I'm like, oh God, what happened? Didn't you see me? Where were you? Did I do something wrong? What happened here? You know, you're in shock. You gotta ask the questions, just like Mary did. What? (laughs) What are you talking about here? And then you develop your belief, your belief starts bubbling up. And so in the hospital, I began to realize that if God had not been with me in that fire, I wouldn't be on the planet. My life would have ended at 14. And, I, and you know, I wouldn't have had these two gorgeous, incredible daughters who are in their 30s going after God right now. Wouldn't have this hunk of hunk of burning love down here, Rick Fields. <laughs> wave, baby, stand up and wave. <laughs> in my life, yep, do it, stand up. <laughs> And we have so many testimonies of the way the Lord protected us in our house, the way the Lord has sustained us in disease, in the midst of economic trial, in the midst of life itself. And I want to tell you, it started when I was 14, when I started learning to trust God in the fire. I started asking God, okay, I see now that if you weren't with me, I wouldn't even be alive. And I said, and Lord, as I recall, you're the God who made the blind to see and the lame to walk. And I'm asking you to heal these burns without skin grafts. Third degree burns scientifically require a skin graft. What is that? Means that they'd have to take skin off my arm, graft it on my legs, somewhere on my body, or skin from a donor. Go figure. And um, so I'm scheduled for skin grafts. And all this time, every waking hour, it's like a prayer. Prayer is a way of life. I want you to start getting that in your spirit. Prayer is how you do life. And I'm like, oh God, would you heal my legs without skin grafts? I'll tell everybody everywhere. One day the doctors come in, they circle my bed. Doctors from all over the country come there and they're making notes on the chart and that's what doctors do. And then go, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're looking at the wounds, big open wounds. And they're trying to prepare me for skin grafts and tell me what to expect and what it'll be like and how long it's gonna take. And, and I'm telling you, burns are a horrific injury, very painful, and uh, I've not even told you the, you know, just 2% of, of what this experience was like in terms of actual pain that I endured. But that day, the doctor said, you know, I think we ought to watch this a little longer before we do skin grafts because it looks like little patches of skin are pulling together. So I sat up in my bed and burns leave you looking pretty tough. You know, I, I was a sight to behold like everybody else in this hospital. And I said, <clears throat> I said, yes. I said, the great physician is on my case. I don't even know how I had the courage to say it, but I did, it just came out of my mouth and so, They're making these notes, you know, I know they're saying, get the psychiatrist in here, get this girl some help. But I'll tell you what, I never had a skin graft. God brought a little skin, a little skin, a little skin. I did have to learn to walk again. And you know what, that happens when you get burned, you gotta get up and learn to walk again. I was 14 years old, no sense of balance, just like an infant trying to learn to walk, was crazy. And God taught me so much. 
And there was redemptive value in the pain I endured. Are you tracking with me? And I'm sure already God's even giving you some downloads of, wow, that thing I went through, look what I learned. Look how I've grown. Look how God's got redemptive purpose in this. And this is a very important posture for God's sons and daughters to walk in, to adopt, and to model at this time in history. It's time for you to take that talent God dropped in you and do something with it and make it count for something bigger. You know, Luke 19, 13 tells us an exciting story of a nobleman who went away to establish a kingdom and he was gonna come back with it. He gathered the guys and gals together. He said, here's some money. Now go do business till I come. Go invest this till I come back. Do something with this, multiply it. When I come back, I wanna know what's happened. Time passes, the nobleman comes back and he calls everybody in for the meeting into the boardroom. He says, okay, what you got? Oh, I've got 10 more. Great, I'm gonna put you over 10 cities. I got five more. Awesome, you're over five cities. Here's, here's the thing you gave me. I buried it so nothing would happen to it and well, here it is back. He said, you get out of my sight. I don't know you. What are you doing? What are you doing with what God's dropped in you? You have a responsibility before God just like I do. That one day when we stand before the father and he says, daughter, son, hey, what did you do with what I gave you? We're gonna be called to accountability. And did you know it is our greatest pleasure to take that talent God's given us and mine it out, develop it. Why is it if you're gonna be a doctor, you're happy to go to school, take all your boards. If you're gonna be a realtor, do the same thing. If you're gonna be a, a Christian in the marketplace, you don't spend any time or any money or any resource developing your skill and your talent and how you're gonna do this. Your life identity is not your job description at work. That's a part of your assignment. That's very important. I think maybe you said that in your talk. Um, it's a very important point, but you are somebody right now with or without a job title. You are somebody with a gift God's dropped in your heart and you've got a responsibility to cultivate that talent, invest it until he comes. And so God's looking for a people that are ready to raise their hand and say, yes, that's me, pick me, pick me. And how do you raise your hand? Well, you start having these positive conversations about purpose. You start talking to people who seem to be going somewhere with their purpose. You start investing a little time studying your talents, your gifts. What course do you need to take? What book do you need to read? What community do you need to get around? And I'm passionate about this because I'm forming a community of men and women, I'm sounding the call everywhere I go, who say, I'm gonna take my purpose as a holy pursuit. I'm gonna develop my talent. I'm gonna go somewhere in God and I'm gonna change the earth where I am. Now, some of you are saying, well, I don't, I don't know what I have. I'm not sure I have anything to work with. Some of you say, well, I don't, I don't know where to do it. I don't know how to get started. I got a question for you. You got a mouth? You got something to work with. Let me tell you what I mean. My brother was very sick in 2012. He was on his deathbed and I didn't know it. I just knew he was very sick. I went uh, to get him. I had him in a wheelchair and I'm pushing him up to the reception desk in a hospital that is full of hundreds of people 
who are sick, who are in pain, who are discouraged, who are destitute, who've been waiting for hours. I mean, the gravity of the despair was almost paralyzing. And I'm going, oh God, help my brother. Oh God, show us what to do. I mean, in my heart, it's just a turmoil. As my little brother, my little brother that I made up his bassinet when he was born. I was four years old and, you know, my parents brought him home. I messed up the bassinet and redid it myself. So I was the one who fixed his little bed. I remember that when I was four years old. So my little brother was dying. So I pushed his wheelchair up to the desk. And here's a woman at the desk, files this high, waiting room full of hundreds of hurting people. I don't know how many people she had seen that day, but in the next few moments, I saw heaven come to earth. And here's how it happened. She pushed that stack of files over. She put her pen down. She took her glasses off never left her chair. She looked up at my brother and she said, hi, lovey, what is your name? She opened up a portal from heaven with her tongue in that moment that brought actually a smile on my dying brother's face where he knew somebody saw him. You have a mouth you got a mighty weapon. Men and women in the marketplace are paralyzed thinking they have no calling, no job. Well, hey, these guys have taken care of that in your tent maker series. When uh, if you thought you didn't have a place to minister, now you got that straight. So how are you gonna do it? You're gonna take your purpose as a holy pursuit. You're gonna find out what God's dropped in you. We're gonna dust it off. We're gonna seize this purpose in an intentional way and we're gonna go for it. Can you go for it? You have what you need to go for it? Okay, stand up and clap for yourself right now. Here we go. <laughs> okay, thank you. Be seated. Now here's, you're, you're thinking, okay, okay, I'm gonna go with it. Now, now what do we do? What are we saying? <laughs> Let me just give you some simple phrases. Your holy purpose right now, it's to be right where you are. You didn't miss it. You're not late. You're fine. You're fine. Where are you? In your home office? In your neighborhood? In your school? In city hall? In the business? Where are you? In the medical profession? In school? Guys and gals in school? In training? In apprenticeship? Say, I'm right where I need to be and I'm right on time. I will give what I have, and it's a worthy purpose. My work matters to God. I have unpacked more of how you step into this uh, in the book that Travis, uh, pardon me, Dan held up for you just a moment ago. This is impact your sphere of influence. This is how you do what that lady did for my brother. 
This is how you change the atmosphere. This is how you step into your purpose as a holy pursuit. And I'm gonna show you a way to get this book free by the end of our discussion today because I think that there ought to be one in the hands of everybody that's in this room. Because if you're stirred by this and you're saying, I've gotta get on with it, here's practical resources and it's a fantastic place for you to start. And um, I'm telling you that because I've poured out what I know in here about how to do this. And it's not easy and it's not something you can do well off all by yourself. But I'm offering you community, knowledge, wisdom, insight, and God himself is just offering you this prophetic opportunity to step into your purpose today. So number one, purpose is a holy pursuit. We're gonna step into it with everything we got. Key number two, prayer is what leads you into purpose. Prayer, prayer is the way into purpose. Why? Who are you talking to when you pray? The God who made you, the God who knows you, the God who knew every day of your life before you had yet lived one of them. This is the God who has destined you for greatness. This is the God who will usher you through every pain in your life. This is the God who will actually prepare you for success. And it's this dialogue, it's this language of prayer that will safeguard your heart. It will bring your own healing. It will position you on higher ground. In a life of prayer, you're gonna to start to see things others don't see. You're gonna to start to do things other may not, others may not be doing. I was in a faculty meeting and the dean is giving all of the details for the next semester. I'd been teaching college for years. I started teaching college actually the summer after I graduated from college. And I was a TA getting my MBA and uh, had kind of a baptism by fire experience. I went into the dean and said, uh, I wanna be a TA, I wanna get my master's. He said, great, can you teach 120 people your age and younger? Intro to business, and I said, I sure can. And of course, I had no idea how I would do it, but you know, I was just putting one foot out, right? And then, then God helped me put the next foot out. And so going through life teaching business, I loved it, but there was a time in my life I needed a challenge. You know, this kind of hits me about every 10 years. It's like, okay, what do we do now, you know? And God's looking for hungry hearts. Your story's gonna look like you and where God has you to go. Your story's perfect. Your story's good. You're in the right place. You're at the right time. And in this faculty meeting, I'm scribbling a prayer. I do lots of notes on yellow tablets. I just love it. There's something happened when information goes from the brain through the heart and through your pen onto a piece of paper. And I scribbled a prayer. I said, oh God, get me out of here. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm, I'm stifled. I love my students. I'm glad I've gotten to do this. But I gotta have something big, something new. And I need something where I have to depend on you like never before. So I'm writing this prayer, hoping the dean thinks I'm taking notes on all those things he's saying. And so within uh, 10 days, I'm in the office of the top leaders of the college. And they're like, okay, we're gonna to have to create a new endeavor here at the college, and it's gonna to have to take care of all the training for all the people in these big companies. This is, you may have noticed a little Texas thing going on. Uh, this is South Texas where we live near Houston, and there were a lot of chemical companies who needed training for all their employees, and they needed a solution that did not exist. And I got the answer to my prayer on the yellow tablet, and I'm telling you, I have never worked so hard in my life and it was an incredible blast. Over 12 years, we trained 150,000 participants. We built a high-tech 
Corporate Learning Center. I got to raise up a high-performance team. And in this experience, you know what was happening? God was giving me a prototype for what I get to teach now all day long in, in, in Seven Impact and in events just like this. Because you need to know what it sounds like. And you're going to get your own version of it. But the Lord answered a prayer by launching me into this thing, which I had no idea how to do. You're not gonna know exactly how to do it. It's okay. Actually, that's the best kind of deal because you gotta depend on God big time. I'd pray about who to hire. I would pray about how to do a proposal. And God just put us in the black from year one, which was unheard of. And it was just a fantastic business journey. All from these scribbled notes in my journal at my kitchen table on the way in. And I, I'm a woman of prayer. And I landed at the house of prayer later. Look where I am at the house of prayer. Every Monday morning, I lead prayer along with Diane Bickle at 6 a.m. for our marketplace prayer set. And uh, I would encourage you to get on the live web stream for IHOP. Casey, what is prayer? What are we talking about here? I want to tell you, we're talking about a way of life, a way of life. You have a spirit of prayer that goes with you to work, with you when you go to school, with you when you go home. And this is the God who wants to develop a relationship with you, which is having prayer as a way of life. You know, sometimes all you can do is pray. Sometimes you just throw your hands up, help. God, show me what to do. And prayer, I think in its highest form, it's actually an act of humility because it's saying, God, your ways, Your ways are higher than my ways. God, you know what's going on. You got insights I need. I can't do this job without you. You got to show me. God, you've got wisdom that spans the universe and the heavens. The Holy Spirit is the greatest consultant ever and holds answers for you in these practical questions. And do you know hardly anybody's listening. Hardly anybody's going there expecting God to show up. Hardly anybody is entertaining what God has to say about the workplace. But sons and daughters of God not only need to be skilled and dedicated to getting blueprints from heaven for your life and your work, you need to know what to do with them You need to know where to store them if they're not for today. You guys are getting some things that you're not gonna do to your 20s, 30s, 40s, and it's not void if it doesn't happen next month. I don't know how many young people I've seen just devastated because they haven't been to all the nations by the time they're 24. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm 63, and there's things God's doing in my life right now he talked to me about in my 20s. And if I wasn't paying attention, I wouldn't be able to connect the dots. You need a long-term mentality. I want you to finish well. I want you to go to your grave, not now, don't go now, but I want you to go to your grave someday with everything God had invited you into experience. You know, I, I'm, my friends or people that are close to me know I'm a little messy, you know, I'm just messy, sorry. And um, so if you take me to coffee or lunch, you know, just keep your distance a little bit, but Um, I think sometimes, like my husband is my savior on that account. He's always putting things back together. I clean the kitchen. I'm done in five minutes, broke three glasses, but hey, we're done. We're on to the next thing. Rick cleans the kitchen. Takes forever, but it's perfect. 
<laughs> and um, we all have our own vein to run in. So rain, run in your vein, be you. What am I talking about? And um, <laughs> so as you go into prayer <laughs> and develop a skill and a hunger, God has something to tell you. That's the whole point. And when I sail in at the end, I'll probably knock a few things over like on the way through the gates and everything. And, um, but I want the Lord to say, girl, <laughs> you did everything I had your name on. You knocked on every door. You took every step. It may have hurt. It may have blown up. It may have looked different than you thought, but you didn't hold back. And I'm asking you today, if you're ready to go after God's blueprints for your life and for others, and if you will be willing to not hold back, prayer leads you right into purpose. And it's time today for you to begin to say, I'm gonna prosper in my purpose. The reason the prayer lifeline and way of doing business, I call God my CEO. I have meetings with him, open my computer, type up the notes and do the work. That's how I run my business. I wanna give you a little clue on something. The fire happened when I was 14. When I was probably 45, I was in a professional meeting in Chicago. I needed to get to my hotel, get in a cab at the airport. Cab driver says, who all's going to the Marriott? I raised my hand, another gentleman, a gentleman raised his hand, so we shared a cab. In the cab, I say, sir, so what do you do? And he goes, I'm in town for a professional convention. I'm a doctor, I'm a burn doctor. And I'm thinking, you just think you're in town for a convention. <laughs> you're in town for this cab ride. So I got to tell him my story and he couldn't believe it. He said, you, so you didn't have any skin grafts? You had third degree burns, you were healed? I said, yes, sir. So he said, well, 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 he said, um, what kind of treatment did you have? What'd they do when you were in the hospital? I said, I don't remember the name of any medicines, but I'll tell you what's something I'll never forget. They lowered me into these 100 degree whirlpool baths two times a day to scrape off dead skin and get infection, fight infection. And I said, it was horrific and I'll never forget it. I don't know what they called it. He got this look over his face of shock. And I'll never forget it. I can see it right now in my mind's eye. He looks out the window, Windy City there, and it's like he's trying to get his composure to talk to me again. And he turns back to me and he says, ma'am, he said, we do not do that anymore. He said 70% of the patients who had that treatment died of septic shock because it was found to spread infection. The Holy Spirit filled the cab. I had chills all over my body. And the Lord's saying, girl, you know a few things I've done for you, but I've got ways I've protected you. You have no idea. So I'm telling you that I don't care what your circumstances tell you right now. There's not one thing you cannot get a redemptive perspective of, but don't wait till your cab ride with destiny. Believe God big like right now. And so we wanna operate from a place of prosperity as we step into God's purpose for our lives. John 
3 John 1, 2 says, I pray that you'd prosper in every way. I want you to be at peace. I want you to have good relationships. I want you to have a job where you live your purpose. And whatever job God's got you in right now, you can live it right there. And it'll evolve and he'll have other things, but don't wait, you can't wait, you gotta start now. So it's time for you to step into your purpose. We hope you're loving the Linda Field Show and that these ideas are helping you succeed day by day. We know you're busy and don't always get the resources you need to grow in your development as a spiritual professional. That's why Linda has created True Tribe, a community of learning for men and women who are ready to experience God-made success. You can access helpful classes and put your learning to work by getting started today for just $1. Come on over to truetribe.org slash join and get what's waiting for you inside True Tribe. See you over at truetribe.org slash join.